This is The Dirt. I am your host, Brian Powell. And if you didn't know, this is a radio program and podcast about the environment and environmental justice with a focus on issues related to the American South, particularly in the state of North Carolina. I hope you all had a chance to check out our show last week. We had some great conversations with journalist Lisa Sorg, activist William Barber III, and North Carolina State Senator Vicki Sawyer, who was fantastic. Go check that out. So it's February. February 2nd was the five-year anniversary of the Duke Energy Dan River Coal Ash Spill. For those who don't remember, as Super Bowl 48 was kicking off back in 2014 between the Broncos and the Seahawks, a metal pipe on Duke Energy property collapsed and 39,000 tons of coal ash spilled into the Dan River, along with 29 million gallons of wastewater. I'm not going to get too deep into the history of the spill. I, I would point you to a piece at North Carolina Policy Watch written by Lisa Sorg that gets into all of it. It's really well written. Check it out. But in a nutshell, Duke Energy pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court to charges related to its negligent management practices. And between the judgment in that case and new laws passed by the state of North Carolina, Duke is required to get a handle on all of its coal ash pollution. Currently, it stores coal ash in 14 different impoundments across the state. So February 2nd is the five-year anniversary of the spill. February 2nd is also Groundhog Day as most of you know, and for communities impacted by coal ash pollution in North Carolina, I think it probably really does feel like Groundhog Day. And what I mean by that is, do you remember the Bill Murray film, Groundhog Day? When lead character weatherman Phil Connors wakes up in a time loop, and he's repeatedly living the same day over and over and over again. Likewise, communities across North Carolina impacted by coal ash are waking up to have the same conversation about this pollution over and over and over again. Because five years later, communities around six of Duke's coal ash impoundments still don't have assurance from anyone that the coal ash will be moved from open air pits into dry land lined landfills, which is currently the best, most safe method we have of disposing of coal ash, aside from maybe not burning coal at all in the first place. But this stuff, the coal ash, it contains heavy metals, okay, like arsenic, lead, mercury, cadmium, hexavalent chromium, which is the contaminant Aaron Brockovich made famous, contains beryllium, zinc, nickel, thallium, on and on it, an entire alphabet list full of toxins and contaminants. And exposure to these heavy metals can cause cancer, developmental delays, kidney disease, birth defects, a host of other health issues. 
common sense will tell you not to store that kind of thing near drinking water wells or major waterways or in open air pits where a flood or a hurricane might sweep all of those nasty things into nearby river streams and reservoirs. Common sense. And yet, Duke has done exactly that for decades. Well, over the past five years, there have been hearings, debates, petitions, public comments, community meetings, meetings with seemingly every decision maker and journalist across the state and beyond wherein residents living near these leaking coal ash pits, all of them, according to Duke's own filings, are leaking and contaminating groundwater. Community members have said the same thing in all of these formats over and over again, time after time. Duke Energy must clean up after itself. And that means excavation of the coal ash from the pits into lined landfills. So the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality has just wrapped up uh, another series of public information sessions around the state. They are in the process of trying to determine what is going to happen with these final six impoundments. The agency has presented options that they wanted the community to weigh in on. Options for disposal. The options are excavate, keep the ash in place, which is what Duke Energy wants. They want to keep it where it is and just put a lid on it. They call it cap in place. That way, if it floods, they say, well, you know, it's not going to spread anything anywhere. Of course, that doesn't solve the problem of groundwater contamination. And, well, there's a whole host of issues with this. Or there is a a hybrid, quote-unquote, option, uh, which basically entails just moving the ash around, like packing it around, but it leaves it in the same place. It's basically still just cap in place. So DEQ is collecting public input and says it will use the public input to inform its recommended closure plans. And they will be making their decision on how this goes forward in the coming months. So we attended the final one of these community information sessions. It was held in Belmont, North Carolina, outside of Charlotte. Residents there expressed frustration because they have shown up at meetings for years to make their preference for excavation known. And the, the, the Groundhog Day style of repetition that they have had to go through has has a lot of community members wondering, is anyone listening, really? Is anyone looking out for their interests? We spoke to a few people there. We recorded some of the public comments that were made. And I've put those together. I want you to hear some of the, the sound from the event. To me, it was... It was pretty compelling. The first voice you'll hear is DEQ Assistant Secretary Sheila Holman describing the various closure options for the sites. 
options that have been um, evaluated are closure in place, um, and that is includes uh, a, an engineered cap with a limited footprint reduction um, where they're moving some of the coal ash to, to shrink the, the overall footprint. The second is a hybrid option, and that's where there's um, additional ash being moved and a, a slightly smaller footprint than in the first option. Next is closure by removal, again, excavating the coal ash and constructing a new on-site landfill within the existing um, active ash basin footprint. And finally, closure by removal where uh, the excavated ash is moved to an off-site landfill. So those are the four options that are on the table. And uh, we're here tonight to, to hear from you and your thoughts about these options. What we want, I've continuously heard DEQ want to come out to all these meetings in January to hear from the public, to hear from these communities. Y'all have heard from us. You've heard from us since November of last year, November of the previous year, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. It is now 2019. Y'all heard from us. What are you, dead? We continuously come out, traveling the state. I don't understand what the problem is. My name is Barbara Morales. My married name is M-O-R-A-L-E-S. Do you know where the plan is? I'm directly across from the smokestacks. I mean, I can see them from my house. I can walk across the highway and go, if I went through that land there, this stair, back far enough, there'd be Duke. I think that they need to listen to us. That's why I went and told her about my daughter. I can guarantee you that that well water does make people sick. My name is Frank Holloman. I'm a southern, I'm a senior attorney at the Southern Environmental Law Center, where I coordinate our work across the southeast to try to convince utilities and state and federal government to clean up the coal ash from unlined waterfront pits across our region. Uh, what we hope tonight, and the message that we can bring tonight, is that the people of this community who live around Lake Wiley are entitled to the same protections and the same respect as the people in eight other communities in North Carolina, as all the people who live in South Carolina, just south of the state line, and of the people of Virginia, in all those places in the two neighboring states, and in eight other communities in North Carolina, all the coal ash is being removed from a leaking, unlined waterfront pits and moved to safe, dry line storage. And that's all we're asking here. We're not asking for a 21st century uh, solution. We're asking for a mid and early 20th century solution. There is cleanup to the north of us in Virginia. There's cleanup to the south of us in South Carolina, but only partial cleanup here in North Carolina. Cap in place is not acceptable. When the well is dry, we will know the worth of water. That's for poor Richard's Almanac. When the water is not fit to use, it might as well be dry, no water at all. I'm uh, very conscious of uh, the problems with the environment, both in North Carolina and the world and uh, I'm a retired grandfather and uh, I want the world to be a better place for my children and my grandchildren and their children. 
and we cannot continue this way and expect our children, grandchildren, and their children to have a good future. Very good. One of the questions was whether anybody was for cap and place. Nobody's for that. Whether anybody was for hybrid, nobody's for that. And whether they were for complete removal, everybody's for that. My last question was, I would like to see a list so that there's transparency of who in the DEQ was, is a former Duke Energy employee, worked on contract for Duke Energy, or has some other kind of contact with Duke Energy. Duke Energy is a controller of a lot of politicians in this state, and they provide income for a lot of people, and unfortunately in this day and age, moral responsibility takes second place to economic interests. You've heard this over and over and over, and we still don't have any results. One letter from DEQ to Duke Energy would have saved millions of dollars, if not billions. And that letter would be clean out the ash pits, period. back because we need to do more research and more testing needs to be done and so we need we need three more months we need six more months well now it's not due until next summer and you know it's just a, we continue to do this circle chasing chasing after closure in this co-ash nightmare when our state has the ability to completely put this to rest and to give us peace. To date, Cooper and his administration have not moved any co-ash in our state. It is in Cooper's best interest to stand up because if he doesn't address this and he allows these six remaining sites including the one that I live next to, Allen, here in Belmont, um, I don't think things look very good for him because we worked very hard to get him in, believing what he said. When he said he would rely on science, he would listen. And he, and he you know, pointed out the, uh, the, really the bad things that McCory and his administration, how they had failed to protect us. When all, I believe all of those things are true, I also have to ask, what have you done to improve our situation? Um, you know, my children have a lot of memories about this. My oldest told me uh, this morning on the way to school, we were talking about the meeting, who is now a teenager, 
he was nine when this first happened. Um, we were talking and he was talking about the meeting. He's like, Mom, you know, you, so you got to go work coal ash tonight. And, yes, you know, well, what are they going to talk about? And we kind of went over, you know, s some things that were going to be discussed. And he was like, Mom, you just need to go and, and be you. Go and do what you always do because you do a great job. And he was like, I know you're going to really hit them hard. And that's when I knew my kids are paying attention and they will know that I'm not part of, you know, the generation way back that trusted what this company told them. There, we didn't know to question things then, but we do now. And when, just like I tell my children, when you know better, it is your job to do better. And that is what we all must do at this point. We must do better. And that last voice you heard was Amy Brown. She is a resident of Belmont and has been in the coal ash struggle since the very, very beginning. Thank you, Amy, for sitting down to speak with us and for making your voice heard. And thank you again to all the other folks who spoke either directly to us or who made public comments and made their voices heard in the public forum. I know that listeners appreciate hearing where you're coming from, and hopefully folks making decisions at the Department of Environmental Quality have heard you this time as well. Please stay tuned to The Dirt for more content coming next week, and look for us on Twitter at The Dirt FM. Until next time, be good, y'all.